Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Get your uh, sweet uh, lady friend or guy friend or whatever you're doing. Or your lady and guy friend if you're trying to arrange a threesome. Oh, here we go. See Five, four, four, ten, three. Oh, wait. Eight. <laughs> One. No. Happy yeah. New Year. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. I'm Mark Masters at the World Juniors. Now here's Jay and Dan. Dance. Dance. Happy New Year! It's 2019. Just says road crews across the GTA have been salting and brining. What are they making a turkey? That's it. That's on CP24. Yeah, the brine is. Uh, I the saw a bunch of those fun. trucks uh, last night. They just. Spray their liquid all over the road. Yeah, that's what I like to do. Spray my liquid all over the road. Well, at least I used to before I got married. Hey, it's uh, the first podcast of the new year. Uh, this m- this microphone smells like Jamie McLennan's ass. <laughs> which is strange because <laughs> I actually saw a bit of Overdrive, which is on uh, TSN Radio in Toronto. I watched it on Monday. And he was not speaking out of his ass. He was speaking from his mouth. Yeah. I uh, I can only tell you what I'm smelling. Hey, New Year, new me. I uh, I started uh, a new uh, workout and eating program today. That should last about a week. And you're gonna like the difference too. I thought you were going to say that you were going to welcome Ben Teller onto the podcast. On Not a chance. Uh, see, I started it. Uh, Jan- <laughs> I started a week I'm into so the happy. new year <laughs> instead of starting at January first. So I'm like, yeah, I could still. Uh, could Are still you going indulge. to a gym? No, I do it at home. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, then you avoid being that guy who is at the gym like Jan 2. Oh, no, no, no. Because if I went to a gym, I have every excuse never to go. I'm like, ah, I got to drive. Nah. But don't you think that you, but then you're paying to join the gym, so then you, you've put money down. So you do have a bit of incentive to go. Yeah, but at home, I just... I, I <laughs> at say, home, you can just sit there and you have so many distractions. That's why I could never study at home... When I was going to university, because I was like, I, I'll just watch TV. But I just put the TV on and watch uh, some shows and do this stupid work. That's what I mean. Like, then I would just watch the TV. Mm. I wouldn't do my workout. Here's the problem with eating healthy. You're always hungry. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of carbs. Like, I just want to... What kind of... What did you have for dinner tonight? Um, it was uh, ground beef, um, sweet potatoes, uh, okay. spinach, all uh, mixed together in this little... Kind of a, like a goulash kind of thing. I'm starving. That sounds, Where is the banana hot dog? That sounds like something a college student would put together hey, it's, uh, out of desperation. It's from the Danica Patrick menu. Oh, God. I know. Well, she looks great. So. She does. And if you want to look exactly like Danica Patrick, <laughs> then you're on your way, my friend. I, saw, <laughs> I, I heard an ad on the way here on the radio. For that KFC, that insanely disgusting KFC bowl that starts with a layer of mashed potatoes, then gravy, then niblets of corn, then chunks so of cheese, and cheese on top. Like, what the? Who the f- came up with that? Did they all get stoned yes. at the KFC office? They're like, here's what we f- do. We throw it all in one bowl, and we market it. They will eat that f- up. How many... Chefs have come up with creations when they're when, baked. Yeah, and they're at yeah. home and they're like, "Well, I got this in the fridge. I got yeah. this, and then I got that." Oh, well, this is pretty damn good. It's a great question. I think that's David Chang's entire repertoire: <laughs> him being stoned and throwing weird things together. Cereal milk. Everyone would want that, right? It's delicious, uh, and it is. How was your winter break? Your uh, your holiday break? Dan, thank you for asking. It was terrific, except for one small problem. Um, I uh, I contracted a a pretty serious. I I don't know if you call it a disease, more like an ailment. Um, not sexually transmitted. So I just want to rule that out right now. But I think uh, to better uh, help the podcast listeners understand what I'm dealing with. Uh, we should go to our good friend and former Fox colleague, Terry Bradshaw, to explain exactly what I am dealing with uh, over the course of the holidays 
and continuing to deal with right now. Terry Bradshaw? What a surprise! You know what else is a surprise? Shingles. And I can hit you out of nowhere. I know. I had it. That's why I'm here. Come on. Let's sit down and talk about it. And did you know that one in three people will get shingles? I didn't know that. I did. He's on TV saying it. But have you done anything? No. That's why I'm reminding people like you to ask your doctor or pharmacist about your risk of getting shingles. Because if you had chicken pox, then the shingles virus is already inside you. Who's had chicken pox? Scoot over. Me too. When I got shingles, I had this ugly band of blisters. And look. That nasty rash can pop up anywhere, and the pain can be even worse than it looks. So talk to your doctor or pharmacist. We all in? Yes! Good, because if not, we're going to watch highlights of my career 12 hours straight. I know. Talk about pain. Seriously now, talk to your doctor or pharmacist today about a vaccine that can help prevent shingles. Yeah, I should have done that, because I got them. So they're under control, though. Yeah, I'm taking the... um, It's weird, because you take the Valtrex... Which is the uh, the herpes drug? Okay, and uh, but it's not herpes, as uh, Terry explained. It's it's the chicken pox. If you had the chicken pox, then you can get shingles. You, the people used to get it way older, but my doctor said that it's people are getting it younger and younger now. I had it. You the had youngest it ever. You you said you had it when you were in grade six. Yeah, I tell everyone. But that you now. didn't have chicken pox. So no. how is that possible? No idea. I don't know. I was just... Uh, we need a doctor to call in and explain that to us. Because, everyone is baffled are you now sure when you I tell them. you didn't have chicken pox? Oh, no. I had shingles, and it looked like I had, was turning into another human. Like, I had fungus. And it only goes on one side of you. Yeah. My mom told me this story the other day. I'm like, I, I mentioned how you had shingles, and she's like, oh, I still remember when you had them. I was working in the garden. And you came out, and you fell to the ground and said, I can't take it anymore. Oh, yeah. That's because insane. it felt like someone had 500 surgical needles in their hand, and they're just poof, putting that into your skin. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. I didn't understand it. I thought I pulled a muscle, and then it kept the pain kept jumping all over my body. And I was like, well, are all my muscles pulled? <laughs> and, Jumpy pain. And then finally, uh, my wife... Uh, I had my shirt off in front of her. Oh, yeah. Tell me more. Stripped down. And my wife. And my wife was like... (laughs) She's like, what the... She's like, what's that on your skin? And it was like, uh, yeah, like a rash. And then she's like, turn around. She's like, what's that on your back? I'm like, oh, I don't know. She's like, I think you have... And then, of course, she jumps right online because she's a millennial. WebMD. She's like, I think... You have shingles. This is some hot foreplay. Oh, yeah. And then then we (laughs) Like, yeah, the shingles out of me. The shingles out of me right now. She's like, uh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, I'll WebMD this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, uh, yeah, I got shingles. And I can get I'm it again. I thought since I had it once, I can't get it again. But In fact, it it will come back worse. Uh, I, I was told, unless I get this vaccine, so I have to wait until this goes away. I'm popping Tylenol and Motrin like they're Tic Tacs mm. to keep the pain away. Because that's the problem. The The Voltrex shrinks the, the bumps. <laughs> But it uh, doesn't keep the pain away. So every, so if I forget to take those pills, I'm all, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. What the f- is going on? And I'm like, oh, I forgot to take my pills. I feel like an old person, but I also kind of like it. Now, the clip you just played of Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. He, he is a former colleague of ours. That's He's right. a professional athlete. He's a Hall of Famer. He's still a broadcaster. Hollywood actor in the Cannonball Run. He was great in that. So we funny. wanted to play just this one portion of that commercial on our show. This portion here. That nasty rash can pop up anywhere. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> but that one's hilarious. <laughs> can we initial, hear that one again? Stop. The initial one. Can we hear that one again? That nasty rash can pop up anywhere. <laughs> uh, the, the first one is the one. Here it is. Stop. Terry Bradshaw? What a surprise. You know what else is a surprise? Shingles. <laughs> so we just wanted to play Shingles. that. Because it's it's... Topical because it's happening to you. He's an 
He said, I've already described everything that he was to us and yeah. to you as a, as a listener. Or he was a su- uh, super, you know, everything you would imagine he would be, just like a gentleman, super kind. And our show is weird. We do stuff like that all the time. So we mentioned it to producer Tim, thinking, okay, yeah, we'll just do this in one of the chat blocks. He lost it. Yeah, he really did. He went, he went mental. <laughs> he actually was, we, I was told that after we brought that up with him, that he shot it down. That he was like visibly angry, like seething, foaming at the mouth with anger that we suggested uh, that we play a Terry Bradshaw clip on the show. It was like we said, okay, um, tonight can we get a clown on the show and he's going to masturbate onto the table. That's essentially the level of hostility he met our idea with. Now, having said that, I'd love <laughs> to see a clown masturbate. I just realized uh, i got to get the fridge. Actually... You don't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess now is as good a time to tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just realized that. Coors Light is no longer a sponsor of the Trade <laughs> Podcast. Didn't you notice the, the new uh, backdrop? See how the logo's changed a little bit? I don't look behind me. The uh, mug still works, though. Well, that's why oh, we've crap. been able... Yeah, you've oh. got the mug. That's okay, though. But that's why we're able to have our Timmy's uh, coffees now. So now, long, Coors. No, no, no. Let's 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 clarify. This. I'm kidding because uh, they are still a sponsor of Jay and Dan. That's right. But they have uh, they have shifted their resources to the television side of things. They uh, they love the side seats. We do the course side seats. If you haven't seen our television program, you're just a podcast listener. Uh, the side seats are a little interview segment we do, and they're comfy, very comfy. And so we love having Coors on board. We love them sponsoring the pod. But I guess I'm glad you brought this up, Dan, because... Uh, inadvertently. <laughs> yeah, you didn't mean to, but sometimes these are called happy accidents. Because we, uh, once again, almost this is like come full circle. Remember in the old days with Stoff and Mike Gentilly? We were looking mm-hmm. for a sponsor every week. Well, guess what, folks? We're looking for a new sponsor again. Mark's Work Warehouse. Come More on. than just great workwear. Hey, let's get those T-Max heat socks back in our lives, right? People still send me pictures of them at a Mark's, and that was years ago that we had Mark's as a sponsor. They still send me pictures of the T Max. Remember, socks. we had the, uh, was it the president of Mark's or the vice president of Mark's, his entire family? <laughs> it was here in this studio, right here. Yeah. And they were here, and I remember thinking, man, this is going to be a long and fruitful relationship. And then they dropped us uh, about a week after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone new took over, like, the. The advertising campaign, they're like, yeah, it's not... Uh, not but we don't hold grudges, no. Mark's Work Warehouse. And by the way, Mark's is owned by what? Like Canadian Tire, uh, Sport Check, Mark's. Mm-hmm. They're all oh, owned Canadian by the, Tire right? needs to get on board here. Yeah, they're all part of the same company. There's no reason why we shouldn't be a part of that group. Uh, a partner, if you will. I, I love I that. I go idea. to Canadian Tire like three times a week. We, uh, My daughter and I, she calls it Canadian Tires. We go to Canadian Tires all the time. All the time. Because they have a great toy section. Uh, toys? Boom. Sleds? Boom. Hockey skates? Yeah. Casserole dish? Sure. You want a lamp? Yep. Tires? Okay. Kitty litter? Yes. Condoms? <laughs> I don't nope. know if they have those. Sorry, I may have overstepped. Damn. They got everything. Um, getting back to Tim, though, I don't. we still haven't figured out why he was so mad. I know why. Dan, I know why. Because you and I, our time at Fox was a joy. We loved it. We had a great time. Um... We kind of celebrate it. If we can mine comedy out of it, we will absolutely do that. Tim, I think, has bitter feelings about it and doesn't want to showcase anything that we did there here. Like, for example, the, and we've talked about it on the podcast, Bobby Lee, the comedian Bobby Lee from Mad TV. We did an interview with him. He's famous for dropping his pants. He dropped his pants during the interview. He had no underwear on. His penis was exposed. And he was talking to you about uh, uh, you had a soft, smooth skin. I think he was very intrigued by you as a man. It was, it was barely visible, his penis. It was a very small penis, like a button in a forest of pubes, I think mm-hmm. I described it. Yeah. Um, it never aired, never made it to air. I have a copy of it. I'd like to air it on our show now. Blurred out, of course. On the podcast or the TV show? The TV show. We could definitely air it on the podcast. Okay. But it won't quite have the same effect because I'm just describing it to you. We need to see Bobby Lee half nude, blur, you know, blurred out the genitalia. 
But Tim will have none of it. Tim will not allow that to happen. Now, who wouldn't want to see Bobby Lee's tiny penis on national television? Can't believe I'm going to say this, but in Tim's defense, Terry Bradshaw, he at least had a sports connection. The, the nudity of Bobby Lee now, I think. Shingles. We'd get in trouble for that, maybe. Bobby Lee might have shingles. And if we see bumps, <laughs> then we can diagnose it. Next week, can we air that interview on this podcast? Absolutely, we okay. can. Yeah, absolutely, we can. Um, speaking of penises, I have an update. Ooh, on Tubesy. Um, what could get up that hole? Tell me more. Uh, a good friend of the podcast, Tubesy, is a friend of ours that... Uh, his pee hole started to shrink. He had surgery. He came on the podcast, detailed how he had to get a tube put into his penis to enlarge the pee hole, and then he had to put like an ice pick down that hole every day for like five months or something. Yikes. So he, uh, he sent me, uh, I woke up to a text from him this morning. It was the eggplant emoji and a thumbs up. I'm like, mm. okay, let's see where this is going. Sounds like tools. He's getting some. So I'm like, uh, actually, how did I respond? I said, um, what? He said, Tubesy Jr. had a follow-up. He was scared. I said, okay, can you come on the podcast to discuss? He was busy. I said, well, send us a text. I'll read it. So here it is. It looked like the penis hole was closing in, and I started to stress hard. My OCD took over, and I kept telling myself that it was closing, and then I was going to have to have another surgery. Mm. I booked a revisit with the doctor and had to wait seven or eight weeks. In the meantime, every time I took a shower or piss, I would stretch the hole open and try and look way down it. (laughs) I get that. I think I would do that if he had had that surgery. If I had had that surgery, I would always try to stretch it whenever I got the chance. But look down it? I don't know if I'd look down it. But that didn't help. I started to stress harder, even to the point of tears. I even convinced myself that if they had to cut it off, then, well, enough said. Hmm. Wow. Point of tears. That's... But you got really worked up. They would never have to cut it off. Maybe they would. Anyway, I saw the doctor today, and while I was in the waiting room, sweat was literally running down my body. Oh, man. Seeping through my clothes. When the doctor opened up the door and saw me, the first thing he said was, Oh, no, it's closing up again. How bad is it? <laughs> anyway, well, that's he, a doctor who he, remembers his patients. He pulled it out, looked at it, and said, "Look good, really good." Anyway, what really good? Yeah. Anyway, I ran into what? there hoping to never return. If my doctor looked at my penis and said, "Looks good, really good," wouldn't that might be a bit much? Anyway, tubesy. I can't believe he was... Con- no wonder. I didn't hear from him for like three weeks. Mm. He was thinking of cutting off his nards. Yeah, so he was just lying there in bed or at home thinking of his penis being sawed off. Hmm. Oh, we've all done it. We've all <laughs> thought of that. We've all thought of sawing off our own peen. Speaking of which, if you've ever seen the, um, the series Room 104, it's on... Uh, What's our, th- our streaming? Crave. Crave TV. It's in its second. Well, there's two seasons complete. Just going to give you a sneak peek. That happens in one of the episodes. Dude cuts off his own wiener. I'm going to leave it at that, but it is... Look, you kind of spoiled it for us. Spoiler alert. Wiener cut. No, because... So everything happens in this one room. So every episode takes place in the same hotel room. It's very unique concept. Some of them... Are duds. Other ones, you can't uh, erase them from your mind. Like the penis one. That's a real uh, hard sell on Room 104. I recommend it. Are you sure that isn't just the video that that guy took of Aaron Andrews naked in her hotel room? No, this is a full... You've got big name actors in these things. Uh, Rain Wilson was in the last one I watched. Oh, really? Yep. We wanted to, Kristoff, uh, you found something for us. So can we do a little Jay and Dan podcast news before we get to our guest today? Our guest today is Christian Jack, TSN mm-hmm. soccer analyst. Uh, he and our friend Stephen Caldwell, another TSN soccer analyst, have a new uh, soccer podcast coming up. What's yeah. it called? Stuff, is it called the Footy Podcast, I think? The Footy Cast? Footy time. Caldwell's been on this podcast. He was 
really great. Really enjoyed having him on. So we wanted to have Christian on. And he's a huge F1 fan, too. I want to talk to him about that. Yeah, he. Um, I'd like to ask him how he ended up in this country, just as, you know, what like Stephen ended up here because he played for TFC. How K- about the Christian? KJ's from Minnesota? That's the thing. Like, he's, he's a UK guy. Oh, he's not. So how did he end up here? I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, so stuff. Can you play this? Uh, you got a Spanish co- for this Jane Dan podcast news. Do you want to do the intro? This is Jay and Dan podcast news. This Cody Parkey field goal miss. I'm st- yes. I'm so, stressing stuff out here, but here we go. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so we got Cody Parkey's uh, miss, which obviously helped out my Eagles. Continue to uh, defend their... You're uh, loving Nick Foles. Quest to defend the title, yeah. That was Saint a Nick. bizarre finish. Do you have a, oh, your yeah. Nick Foles jersey? Uh, I do not, but I may have to invest Yeah, you got to go to nflshop.ca. It's it's looking that way. <laughs> yeah, you got to do that. Uh, so by now, everyone's seen the uh, double doink, as they're referring to it, where he uh, hit the uprights and the crossbar, and yep. the kick didn't go through. What most people haven't heard yet is the Spanish call. Oh, yes, happening. we have to hear that. Oh, this will be great. Pie de Cody Parky. 43 yardas. El slap. Le mete el pie. Distancia, dirección. Le dio el poste. No, falló. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. Los hijos se van con la victoria. Like, if a guy did that in English, that enthusiasm, the yelling, people would, all over Twitter, would eviscerate him. Yes. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! And yet, I kind of want someone to be that enthusiastic in English for any game. A thousand percent, yes. Let's, let's see what that sounds like. I love that guy. Um, we should try to get Brian Mudrick to be to call a Habs game like that. His excitement level is pretty high. It's pretty good. I think he should take ramp it, to, it up more. Yeah, take no, it to another then, level. Then the hardcore people they get all upset. No, but this is the thing: you need one trailblazer, and that trailblazer is muddy. Hey, um, speaking of uh, clips, did we ever play the Wild Water and Wheels song that someone made for us? Uh, the cover song? I don't believe we did. Oh. I can pull it up. Just oh, here we so, go. I know uh, this I is about that. off the cuff here, but can we play the original? So this is a, um amusement park in my hometown that we've discussed on the podcast, Wild Water and Wheels. And so many people mentioned it to me <laughs> over the holidays because I spent a lot of time in Peterborough. And they said, yeah, I drive by that place all the time. I'm not stopping there. <laughs> so the original song is very catchy, and someone sent us a cover. So here's the original. We I love it. I love it. I think it's great. So someone jingles need to be like that. Someone heard that jingle. Uh, do you have his name there? Stuff? Yes, it's uh, Mitch Taylor. Mitch Taylor decided to put out his own version of it and send it to us. Here it is. We got the time, the time of your life, the wild water wheels. Come on out, Emo. grab your friends, no better way to feel, we have the time, the time of your life, at Wild Water and Wheels, grab your friends, come on down, there's no
went to another level it there. It started very emo and then really picked up. I love the harmonizing, the backup vocals. Brilliant. They should actually, Wildwater and Wheel <laughs> should pay them to run that exact song as their new ad. We need, and this is in all honesty, to schedule something there this summer. We need to do a podcast or we need to have a Jay and Dan podcast party there. <laughs> I, I'm not committing to anything at Wild Water and Wheels. We'll bring a cardboard cutout of you. Mm. Yeah. Get a, if you get a, oh, an iPad, I'll, uh, I'll oh, FaceTime no, in. <laughs> so we will make a, um, a life-size dummy of you and Super David. So you're getting run over by the go-karts. You're falling off all the rides. That could be pretty funny. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. Super Dave. Yes. And he was super funny. I remember as a kid watching Bizarre. Did you watch Bizarre? I sure kid? did, yeah. Yeah, on CTV, this network, or our network. And It was, it was pretty was, risque. I was allowed to watch it. I don't know how. Yeah, I'm not sure how uh, Sandra allowed you to do that. Um, Christian Jack, did, did they get Super Dave over in the U.K. when you were growing up? I'm afraid not. Not for me. No. Okay. Okay. Um, you had Benny Hill, though. We had lots of... I mean, the, look, I chose this great country of Canada over an outstanding country in the UK, but the one thing in the UK, they do have very good comedians. Yes, so that's true. They do. We, we, are, we are very blessed with, the, with a great sense of humor, and I have, to, I have to say there's some great sense of humor over here as well, but I do miss my, North Amer- I do miss my English humor a little bit here yeah, in North you, America. You knew Mr. Bean before he was Mr. Bean. That's right. Rowan Atkinson, of course. Now, tell us, Christian, first of all, Christian Jack, TSN soccer analyst, lovely to have you on the podcast. It's been a while. Uh, We haven't had you. We've had you on the TV side. We haven't had you on the podcast side. And the reason we wanted to have you on is uh, tell us the big news. You and our friend Stephen Caldwell have have announced some big news this week. Well, look, the reason I want to be on is I like talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you you, you give me the opportunity to to plug the show as well. And and look, let's be honest, the podcast is a little bit more fun sometimes to have a bit of a chat than the show, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's great to come on and have a good chat with you guys. And you're right, Stephen and I are uh, going to do a, pod- a podcast together, and it's something that's been in the works for a while, and, you know, it's just one of those where you can take the conversation, and you don't need me to tell you guys this, but you can take the conversation in a little bit different areas, and sometimes, as you know, on TV, we have, we are given great platforms, but often time constraints in terms of getting into detail about what you want to talk about, so um, as the game continues to grow and we continue to push it, um, heading obviously towards 2026 World Cup, uh, we want to keep giving opportunity for people to consume more information and more more of the game and be more interactive and talk to people and answer questions. So, um, yeah, you can give us a follow at football pod at football pod. And it's the uh, KJ and Coldwell football podcast. It's uh, episode zero is out and episode one will be next Monday. Please tell me that you're recording it in a pub over a pint. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be nice. But you know what? We're going to have many pre-meetings in a pub over a pint, Dan. So uh, we can definitely do that. But no, we're going to be recording it in some nice area where it's some, you know, some proper audio. Proper, you know, it's going to be it's going to be decent material. And uh, uh, but look, we'll be having uh, we'll be having plenty of barroom chat or pub chat around the table. That's the great thing about these kind of uh, these kind of ventures. Now. Uh you mentioned 2026, and, and obviously a lot of the talk about soccer in this country sort of leads up to that. Where, What kind of subjects do you want to cover in these early podcasts? And will you focus not just on the Canadian international game, but also MLS, and also the European club game? Yes, we will. Look, we want to be open to everything. Um, but what we find right now is that we are... We cover, we cover a lot of things at TSN, and so the, the main things that are on our plate at the moment um, are the Premier League and Major League Soccer. So we want to get into real detailed chats about that. Um, and, you know, the way we like to do our shows at TSN is that we like to talk to the smartest guy in the room or the smartest guy watching, and then we think other people can catch up. I know we had a number of discussions when we first started about do you talk to, and no disrespect, but do you talk to the soccer moms or do you talk to the high Q levels of people? And I think that we try and extend that insight to the very highest level. 
Um, and we want to do that, and we want to get into in-depth discussions and, and really tactically break down some of these big games in MLS as well as uh, the Premier League as well and get good, you know, good, we've got some good contacts and get some good guests on from around the globe in terms of that. But look, we, we, we know where we're based as well. And the Canadian Premier League is starting up in 2019. You mentioned the build-up to 2026 is very exciting. The Gold Cup is here in 2019, which is this region's, you know, major tournament like the Euros will be for 2020. Uh, we got a Women's World Cup in 2019 as well. And uh, Canada may be hoping to try and qualify for 2022. So, you know, guys, it never ends this sport. And there's so much things to get into that we're just really excited to have the platform to get in. If we want to chat 15, 20 minutes on the Canadian women's team or Tottenham playing Liverpool, it doesn't matter. We're gonna, we want to do it. So uh, we're just excited to have that platform. Uh, KJ, you uh, you live in Canada, so you've seen all uh, North American sports uh, and their fan bases, hockey and baseball and football, and and you're a big uh, auto racing fan, so you, you've been to races, you've seen those fans. Soccer fans, correct me if I'm wrong, but they are the craziest, correct? They are uh, certainly the craziest in Europe and across South America. I think over here they're getting to the level where they are a little bit like that. Um yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic, guys, because when I came over here, I was used to going to watch sports in the UK, not just soccer, but rugby as well. And sometimes, I'll tell you a story, like I would go to cricket games and people over here would always ask me about cricket, you know, because they're just amused by some games, they call them test matches, and they, they, last, they last five days, these games, and they play all day for five days. And the, some of the great banter of cricket games is that you would go and the games would start at 11 o'clock in the morning, and they'd still be playing at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, you can imagine a bunch of fans in a stand, you know, that has been consuming alcohol since 11 o'clock in the morning. What kind of atmosphere that can be like by the afternoon, by the way. And it doesn't matter whether the the the, uh, the, the, the sport on the pitch or on the wicket, as they would say, in, the, in cricket was going well or not. The atmosphere was very good. So, yeah, it was quite interesting when I first came over here. One of the big things I noticed when I go to hockey games is that how the opposite, uh, how you go to a hockey arena and you chant the opposition's goalie name. Yes. And I was bemused by that because I was used to, when you chant in the UK or you chant, you chant in England, you chant your own teams. Right. And then over here, I was like, oh, they're chanting the opposition's goalie. It's a way to try and get him in his head. And I was thinking that would actually be a good thing for the goalie because he's thinking, oh, they're on to me. <laughs> so, yeah. The, but, yeah, look, the, the, the fans in, in, in soccer, are, they, they, they do get crazy. I'm sure you guys have probably saw all the stuff that was going on in Argentina recently in the Copa Libertadores final where, you know, the the, uh, the craziness extended to actual actual violence and hooliganism which is a real shame but that's still going on in our game with the Boca Juniors River Plate game where it had to be moved to Madrid in order for it to complete it so yeah sometimes uh, for, for many people it is it is more important than life which is a little scary how are people still getting flares into soccer games <laughs> it's remarkable it, it really is um, you know I was I was in Orlando I actually just flew back today and I was talking to the coach of um, now the coach of LA Galaxy, who was the previous coach of Boca Juniors, who was involved in that final. And I was talking to him about the incident that was going on there, um, Guillermo Barascarotto, and he was just looked at me and he just, he didn't mean to be condescending, but he's just like, look, you're not from Argentina. You <laughs> don't, you just don't have any idea what it's like. <laughs> you know, like we saw video of like parents strapping explosives to kids. Oh, jeez. You know, to get them in the stadium and, and how to get them past security. So, yeah, it's um, it's 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 still going on, and it's obviously it's not quite the level of hooliganism that my parents witnessed when they were going to games in the '60s and '70s in England, which was at the height. Um, but uh, yeah, it's there's still an underbelly of it, no doubt. Um, can we first of all, how did you end up in Canada, Christian? How did you how did you come to this great country and end up at TSN? Yeah, well, it's a good story. Um, well, it's an interesting story. Hopefully, you, 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 your listeners will enjoy it. So um, I've always been fascinated by North America, and I had a friend who worked at CNN International in Atlanta, and I interned at CNN International in the 90s. So that's one of the reasons why I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan, because I spent a lot of time in Atlanta in the mid-90s, which was a good time to be a Braves fan. So right before the Olympics, I worked at CNN and just fell in love with the, the North American lifestyle. Anyway, my parents and my brother and I came on vacation here in, in 1997 and actually had, we were going to do the whole hotel thing and stay in different hotels. We went to the Canadian Grand Prix, as, as Dan mentioned, a big, big car racing family. Um, and then we met 
um, through friend, a friend, friend of a friend, a family in Burlington, Ontario, and they were like, no, you're not staying in hotels, you're going to come stay with us for 10 days. So we stayed with them, lived with them for 10 days in their house, got to, and they were from the same hometown in England that, that I'm from. I got to really get to know what it was like to live here. I never, I always say that if they'd never done that, we'd still be in England because we really fell in love with what it was like to live in Canada. And then we went back in the middle of 97 and put our immigration papers in and uh, literally gave it up, gave up everything. My parents gave up everything um, to move over here without jobs. And I was four years into a, a career as a, as a sports newspaper journalist in, in newspapers in England. And my brother was just out of college. So, we, yeah, we, we all came over here together. They were ahead of me because my, I was over 21 at the time. And so I was no longer a dependent on them and my application took longer. Um, and yeah, came over here, tried to get in the sports media business, didn't happen right away, did a bunch of other things, then obviously went to the score, interned there for many years, for, for many months, and then turned that into a job for a decade, and and then um, came to TSN. Actually, I believe I came to TSN the same month you guys departed the first time. That was by choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember thinking, oh, I just walked in, i got to go see these broadcast legends and learn something, and then you guys have disappeared south for a while, so... Um, but uh, here we are now again, again, working on the same family, which is great. It's really, I mean... That's the, a good story. That is an amazing story. And I, I, and are your folks still, and your brother still here? We're all here, yeah. Wow, so, that's although, awesome. Thank, thankfully, my parents are learning a little bit to, to work less. So as we speak, they're actually enjoying the sun in Florida, which is what you should be doing when you're in your mid-60s, yes, I guess, at this yes, time. Yes, absolutely. When you work all your life. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, they're, they're still here. And look, they love being around the grandchildren. So that's, that's important so for them. So you said you fell in love with the North American lifestyle. And then you also fell in love with Canada when you came and stayed with those friends. What was it? about Canada um, that was different than the UK yeah you know Dana I love the positivity of Canada and there's a lot of things to like about the UK but the the, posi- the genuine positivity of Canadians was something that I was drawn to and there is um, I always felt there was certainly here in the area that we live I, thought, I always felt there was um, there was a way for people to get on and in terms of the, the, the ambition in life if you could just keep working hard enough and, you know, sometimes I felt that the mentality that I grew up with in Northern England wasn't always, uh, I'm a big um, yes guy. I'm a big, yeah, let's try and figure that out. Let's do it in, any, in anything, in, in TSN soccer and in terms, we've, in terms of how we've evolved over six years in everything I did as a score, even as a family. I'm never a big no guy. Like if people ask me something, how are we going to do that? Let's try and figure it out. You know, and I think that's what, what really brought me to, to North America um, and by, by the way, the sports played a big part in that. I, I love the sports over here. And as much as England is a big sporting country, um, it is predominantly dominated only, you know, mainly in the newspapers by the sport that I cover. Uh, and it is mainly due to the, the weekends. And over here, as I'm sure people have said in the past, there is no country in the world like it in terms of North American sports, where we, you literally, if you want, to sit down every night in your, in your living room, you can consume live sports every single night of the year, which is absolutely remarkable. And for somebody who came over here as a wide-eyed, sports-mad 21-year-old, that was absolutely fantastic. When you're, you talk about the positivity. I'm not sure that extends... To longtime fans of Canadian soccer, just or producer Tim, <laughs> yeah, our producer is one <laughs> one problem. That's a separate thing. But but for Canadian soccer, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, other than 1986, where they made the World Cup and lost all three games, yeah. it's been a, a series of disappointments. Now they get the 2026 World Cup. It, realistically, what is the path? First of all, what are the chances that all three countries, Mexico, the United States, and Canada, in your mind, all get automatic bids? For 2026? Yes. It's, it's, it's a shoe-in. Yeah. It's not been officially announced yet, but that is an absolute guarantee. Um, look, they, there's no way that they went to the, to the edges of the world to get these votes without knowing that they're going to get that. Right. And, you know, they, that, when they put that bid in, for, for, list, for your listeners for, to know, when they put that bid in, they, they can put that in the bid, but that doesn't mean once the bid is accepted that that is a shoe-in. Right. But FIFA committee then meets to do that. But there, it is without precedent. I mean, there's no World Cup host in the history of the World Cup that has ever not played games. And, you know, with it being extended now to, to, to 48 teams, there's no excuse for it. So that they will be in there. Um, and, and they will play games in, in, in 2026. Um, 
as I think you were hinting, Jay, the other question was, you know, the, the future or the immediate future for this team going forward. You're right to mention the past. And it's one of those where it's the Canadian men's soccer, and you have to distinguish it from the women's because it is significantly different, is consistently surrounded by a dark cloud. And they, in, the, in the years I've been living here, when I moved here, they just, they, they just won the Gold Cup. But since then, you're right, it has been nothing but streams and streams of negativity and misfortune and underachievement. And now they're looking to turn the page. They've got um, a very charismatic and ambitious coach in John Herdman who has been taken over from the women's team and from by all accounts from everybody I'm speak, speaking to right now. And yes, it is still the honeymoon period. I think it was this week, this year, last, last year when he was hired. But by all accounts, everybody's buying in right now, and they are working towards bringing an extreme positive energy towards this. And look, they can they compete with Mexico and the United States and some of the other CONCACAF giants at the moment? No. Um, but the Gold Cup this year will provide them with an opportunity to think, okay, is 2022 a possibility? And I'll tell you this, one year ago, anybody would have said to me, is 2022 a possibility? I, I think I would have been in the majority to say that most people would just get laughed in the face. They, would not, they weren't even close. Um, but these young players, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan Azorio, many, many others, have given them an opportunity to think they can build around these players. And Stephen Caldwell sent out a uh, tweet. He said, there's someone watching this announcement right now in Canada who doesn't know it yet, but they just started the, the dream of playing on this team. That's how big this is. It really is. Look, the opportunity to play a World Cup is is uh, the pinnacle. It is still the pinnacle. And, you know, I've had the opportunity now to cover everything in terms of this game. And, look, tactically and at the highest level where the game is played now, it is clearly in the European club leagues. And the club, has over, the club, the club sport and the club game has overtaken the international game. And it's a race that is never going to be won again. They have, the race is over. But what the international game has is they have that pride and that, jer- that jersey when the player puts it on and they have the World Cup. They are the things that the club game can never get, no matter how far they go in terms of training and how far they go in terms of evolution tactically. The international game will always have the World Cup and they'll always have the pride of you got to play for your jersey. So, you know, the fact that, you know, that 2026 will present those opportunities for Canadian men to play in a home World Cup is irredefining. And, you know, we can only hope in our game that they can have a similar imp- impact that we that I have witnessed in the 18 years here of what's happened to basketball. I was very fortunate to go to a number of Raptors games when I first came. I was a consumer of live sport. I was used to going to watch a lot of live sport in England at decent ticket prices. And, I'm, and I love sport, and I'll go as a fan still today. And I came, and I wanted to go watch the Raptors. I couldn't get into the Leafs. It was too expensive. So I watched a lot of the Raptors, and I was able to watch a lot of Carter and Vince Carter. And now, obviously, many people have probably seen the, the Carter effect, and it's real, you know, with what the Canadians are doing in the NBA. And we can only hope now that Alfonso Davies and other Canadians will see this as an opportunity, and then we can get more top-class Canadians playing in more top-class leagues around the world. I remember when Owen Hargreaves went over... To play in Europe, and I remember thinking, first of all, how the hell did we not spot this kid? How did it take someone from Europe to come over, see him, take him over to Europe, and then develop him into the player that he became, and eventually playing for the English national team? It's almost insane to think about a kid who grew up in Calgary. But then Alfonso Davies, I guess my worry about him, Christian, is he goes to Bayern Munich, he becomes a naturalized German citizen. Don't you know, worry, that can't happen. He's played for Canada in a competitive game, so so that can't happen. Can what? How can this benefit? You know, younger players coming up. How will they be able to see him there, at playing for Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in the world, easily the biggest club in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. and how will that translate to Canada becoming a better team as an international squad? Yeah, I mean, the the, the great thing about where we are in, in, in media these days in 2019 is that, you know, Alfonso Davies, is, he can be, a, in social media, he can be a star, you know, because people can access things that he's doing every day. Every day. You know, it wasn't that long ago when, we, when all three of us were working in the media and it, the, the battle was 
how do you get these people to watch you when those games are not going on? You know, when you turn them off on a Saturday and then how do you get them back on a Saturday? Well, Instagram, Twitter, you know, Snapchat, everybody can access Alfonso Davies and actually see a different side of Alfonso Davies than you're ever going to see with a microphone. And trust me, I've tried to get that side of him uh, or, or on the field. So that's one area that people can get to. The other area is that, that Alfonso Davies is going to be playing in one of the greatest football or soccer environments in the world. Uh, you know, Bayern Munich, who, have, uh, who who consistently produce and churn out young players all of the time to get to a genuine world-class level. Now, I'm, I'm never going to go there yet. I'm not willing to say that Alfonso Davis is going to be a world-class player. But we are starting to see that he is already going to be looked upon by the current coach, Niko Kovac, who recently said, we don't spend $22 million on a player and not play him. So they are They've certainly brought him over there, not as a project or not hopefully to send him on loan to Bundesliga 2. They want to, they want to consistently keep him in there and groom him. So under that tutelage, under that coaching environment, he is just going to go to another level. And then obviously that can translate over here when he plays with his Canadian teammates. And obviously it's a pathway for the Canadians to think, well, if Alfonso can do it, then I can do it. KJ, before we let you go, wanted to ask one uh, auto racing question. Mention you're a big F1 fan. I think I mentioned that. I'm not sure. Have you been to a NASCAR race yet? I have. So I've been to many different sporting events. Uh, um, but I, uh, so obviously I grew up in, in England. I've been. I, I went to 40 Formula One Grand Prix before I was 30 years old. Wow. Um, you know, Hockenheim in Germany, Spa Francorchamps, Monaco for my 21st birthday. Uh, which was special. Um, um, yeah, and I'll, obviously I'm a, I'm a huge IndyCar fan as well uh, with the Canadian connection. I went to a NASCAR race in 2001 in Pocono um, and watched the Pennsylvania 500 there. And I also went to... That's the worst track to go to. I know. I also <laughs> went to... Um, I did watch not the Daytona uh, 24 hours, but I was there many, many, many years ago uh, for practice and some of the lower NASCARs around in Daytona there. And I was actually in Daytona this weekend, um, but this was not NASCAR, obviously, but the, the Daytona 24-hour sports car races were practicing there, so I was down there for in Orlando for MLS, so I popped up there for a couple of hours to see that fabulous location. So um, it's not something I watch every week, but it is obviously something I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for for those guys. Okay, you have to go to see a race at Daytona and Talladega. Can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, Talladega is just... Have you been there? What's that, sorry? Michigan. Have you been Michigan? I have not been to Michigan, no. But Talladega, I can't recommend enough. I've been to IndyCar races in Michigan. I love the ovals. My son is a huge, he's eight. He's an absolutely enormous IndyCar fan. We go to the Indy 500 every year. Um, which I can't recommend enough. Anybody who's into sports should go to the Indy 500 once. It is an absolute, you know, you got, just to be around 300,000 people in the same environment for one afternoon is, is a spectacle, even if you don't like cars. It is incredible. Um, but yeah, I um, look, and you know, you name the sporting event, I, I want to be there. It's, it's, it's part of my life. Okay, KJ, last question. So you've been to all these events. What is the greatest sporting event that you could not recommend enough? You mentioned the Indy 500. Is that the one? where you would recommend to our listeners if they have an event to go to before they die, they need to go to? Indy 500. Yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah. okay. And I've, uh, yeah, I've been to a Super Bowl as a fan, paid ticket. Um, I went to watch my team play in the Stanley Cup Game 7 of the finals and lost at home. Um, that wasn't fun. Um, and all of these are tickets. So, yeah, FA Cup final in England as a fan. I've done many major uh, rugby World Cup finals. Um, but, yeah, I think the Indianapolis 500, only because of the, the as I said, the, the atmosphere inside the place is absolutely incredible. And, you know, the other thing I like about the Indy 500 is this. It is bigger than anything else in terms of that sport. The championship is not as big as that. So the, me and my son always talk about this. When that winner crosses that line, his life has changed forever. That's true. And that, there's something very uniquely special about watching sports at a very, very high level and to watch a sportsman uh, change their life forever when they accomplish the greatest thing they can do. I just realized something. You said you'd been to a Stanley Cup final game seven and watched your team lose. So that means your team is definitely not the Maple Leafs. True. <laughs> so who is your team? I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. Wow, the yeah. Wings. Okay. So in the 90s, when you grew up as a huge, obsessed North American fan, you try and follow everything you can, and I re- I'm, everything is in the middle of the night, so you record games. Um, and I was a huge Steve Eisman and Brendan Shanahan fan. So 
and then I came over here in 2001 and went to watch arguably the greatest team in the history of the Red, well, one of the greatest teams in history because I think they've got 10 Hall of Famers on that team, the 2002 Red Wings team uh, that won the Stanley Cup, which was the first live NHL game I ever went to wow. see. My eyes were popping out of my head. That must have been crazy. Well, that's a good first game to go to. Guys, it was unbelievable, <laughs> you know, to watch that kind of team. And that was the one, obviously, when they got Brett Hall and Luke Robitaille. And they, you know, I don't think this, I think the salary cap came in after that. Basically, <laughs> yeah. you, you could spend anybody, any money you wanted on that. But yeah, Lidstrom, you know, you name it, Hall of Fame, they were there. I thought uh, since you lived in Atlanta, you would have been a big Atlanta Thrashers fan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I lived in Atlanta, they were, they were the Atlanta Knights of the AHL. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they tried NHL twice in Atlanta. It didn't uh, no. just didn't you know take. what? It's um, it's a great place, uh, but it does get knocked for its sports. And I find myself being a, def- a big defender of them. Um, but it, it, it's a, it, I mean, Atlanta United. I was there for the. Uh, for the final, it, it, it is absolutely incredible how they have embraced that team. You know, seventy thousand people in that stadium was absolutely remarkable. But Atlanta is a pocket; uh, it's a small pocket of areas. There's many people in that city from many different areas, which is why, as a Braves fan, sometimes when I watch playoff games, you, if you play the Cubs or something, there's many people from Chicago who live there because of the airline community and, and many yeah. other strong. Yeah, that's companies. a great point, Christian. There's always been a, th- a thing about Atlanta, the attendance for the Hawks and, yeah. and stuff. It's been kind of spotty. Um, even though you've had you know great player Dominique Wilkins and all these great players have played for them, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a great point. It's great, great college sports town for sure. And when you live in Atlanta, it's uh, widely known because it's the home of Coca Cola. You don't have uh, tap water. You have Coca-Cola that <laughs> comes out of your sink at home. That's right. You got it. I took my kids to the Coca-Cola Museum. We're downtown Atlanta, right by the uh, Centennial Olympic Park. I uh, I got to say, this has been awesome talking to you. I, I wish you the best of luck with the new pod. And, guys, um, I appreciate that. This yeah. Is, uh, this has been a, a thrill for me. You guys are genuine leaders in our industry. You keep up the great work. And as I say, every time I watch you, you tick the box of education and insight and also entertainment. So keep it up. Well, just just know this. If you ever get shingles, uh, just know that we have all the information that you're going to need to get over it. Uh, that's mostly what we talked about on our podcast today, Christian. So I'll, I'll listen back for sure. Okay. Yeah, thanks, KJ. Thanks, Always KJ. You guys keep up the great work. Thank thanks, you. buddy. Uh, what a guy. That's a great story of how he uh, ended up here at TSN. Just, it, isn't that how, how his family ended up in Canada? Just just staying with a family. Like, can you imagine if you, the O'Toole's had gone over, maybe gone to Ireland, stayed with some relatives, stuck around for 10 days, and then your dad was just like, you know what, f*** it. I, pr- I probably would if I went over there. You probably would. Um, yeah. Uh, so listen to his podcast. Uh, well, I was going to add something else. I forget what else that was. Oh, the amount of sporting events he's been to. It's Holy incredible. Shit. What was the... Um, Stoff, what was the uh, Twitter handle again for Christian and Steven's podcast? He's going to look it up right now. We're going to check it out. We're going to check it out so you guys can check it out, too. Um, check it out. Yeah, check it out if you can. This Any housekeeping great. to do? Oh, um, over the uh, the winter holidays, so I had a big weekend of uh, theater and concerts. Went to see, this is the weekend before um, Christmas, saw John McDermott. Who, um, Leaf fans, you know him, he sings the anthem all the time. I don't know if he still does, but he is a massive fan of our show. And he invited me and my family to go to his Christmas concert at a church in downtown Toronto. Unreal. I was bawling at the end. I'm like, I made it through. And then he played Oh Holy Night at the end. And I'm like, You son of a. Yeah. And here's the, here's the tip. If you go to a John McDermott, McDermott concert, he's sitting on a stool like uh, singing his ballads. When he stands up, oh, hold on to your hats. He's got pipes. Oh, uh, okay. I thought you were going to say that he was nude from the waist <laughs> down. <or something. laughs> uh, Saturday night, went to the Nutcracker, balled there too because uh, we go over here. And then Sunday, I can't recommend this enough, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in Toronto. What a big budget production. You're like... <laughs> It was everything you go to see. Puddle of tears. I didn't. Cry. Oh no, I cried at the with the standing ovation at the end for uh, Willy Wonka. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that must make him feel good. It's very. You're a very emotional man. You're like the Mark Messier of Canadian broadcasters. 
promise, mess, I wasn't going to do this. Uh, what stuff? What's that? Uh, what's that handle for uh, Christian? So the uh, Twitter handle is at a football pod, and you can also head to at uh, sorry a football podcast dot com to get the pod. Perfect. I'm going to follow them right now at a football pod. Oh, this this has been fun. Look at this from the look at this from the holiday break. Ooh, toolsy! Yikes! Uh, that's a problem for you, or that's, is it? That's why. New year, new Dan. Eh, I'm not sure. Kind of figuring it's going to be the same old. Yeah, day. I'm eating a lot of wal- <laughs> eight I've eaten three thousand walnuts today. Hey, hey, we want that same old Dan. But maybe uh, I saw Ben Teller asked about hobbies, and you suggested masturbating. Yeah, he said I need a hobby to do. I'm like that guy. More than anyone, just needs to sit at home and masturbate. Just spank it. Yeah. And that's he was looking for an affordable hobby. That doesn't get much more affordable than spanking it. I think I'm just a, a, a penis guy. Yeah, just spank that penis. Yeah. Um, I'm getting um, text updates here from uh, from Orono, from around the, the region. It's, I guess, we're walking out into a show. Oh, really? Oh. Because it wasn't coming in. We had heard it was going to be a crazy show. No, they say it's like Armageddon. Oh, really? Well, good thing we're here, guys. We and can... it's rain. It's not snow. It's rain. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so... that's bad. So is this the ice storm of 2019? Oh, uh, well, we had a good run. And this could be the last podcast. We can have a sleepover. I can't wait uh, to talk to the good folks from uh, Mark's Work Warehouse, Canadian Tires, and Sport Check uh, about uh, coming on board with their T-Max heat socks. Or Wild Water and Wheels. Yeah, I don't think they... <laughs> I don't think they have that budget. Uh, guys, uh, what's our ad budget? Wait, we're still open? Whoa, whoa, wait. <laughs> ad budget? How about just budget? We don't have one. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll chat with you. I think we're going to have a little hockey talk next week. A little puck talk. Because we haven't done that for a little while. I'd like to try. With Ed Belfour. Uncle Eddie will be on the show. Let's hope. It goes well. <laughs> no, he won't be here. I just... Uh, what I just if we do? That's a guy you never see. What if we get him? Stoff, can you work on that? Carmen, is he from Carmen, Manitoba? Is that where Eddie's from? Oh, I'm probably getting that right wrong. Now. All right, let's try to get Uncle Eddie on. Ask uh, Carlo Koliakovo. Yeah, Carlo he probably knows help. his number. Or O-Dog. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Stoff, your holiday was good? Can't complain. Your Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. So far, so good. Yeah. The Seahawks didn't make it, but it was supposed to be a, a rebuilding year anyway. A future's bright, as Doug Baldwin said. Meanwhile, Dan's Buffalo Bills. What? <laughs> they aren't my mind. I can't wait to open this door so we have a, a, a back entrance to the studio. And I have, I'm afraid we're going to open it and just, it's going to be it'll like be, the end of the world. It'll be like uh, the scene in Caddyshack where the bishop is having the game of his life. <laughs> No, I'm rain. I'm talking like zombies have taken over. Oh, you think it's already gotten to zombies? Because we're stuck in this room. We have no idea what's going on outside this That's room. That's true. It's very much like a um, safe room kind. Have you seen another human in the last hour ex- no, besides Stoff and me? No, I haven't. But I gen- generally try to avoid all humans here anyway. <laughs> that's why I take the, I uh, That's why I take the back entry. <laughs> Toolsy, always taking the back entry. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. They're going home!
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast.